We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey Chargers fans, this is the Guilty as Charged podcast where we discuss all things related to the Los Angeles Chargers. We are available on all podcast platforms including Apple, Spotify, and Google. If you like the show, please leave us a rating or review. We do really appreciate the positive feedback. Make sure and follow us on social media including our Patreon account where as little as $1 gains you access to cool things like jersey giveaways and film breakdowns. Thanks for tuning in and enjoy the show. Hey Chargers fans, welcome into another episode of the Guilty as Charged podcast where we will be discussing... All things related to the Los Angeles Chargers. With me, as always, is Jason, who continually likes to interrupt either me or Tyler. But hey, it's a fun thing to do. Jason, how's life down there in Texas? Uh, Is it down? I guess it is down there. All right, that makes sense. It's down there from where I am located at, yes. That's true. Um, It's pretty good, man. It's It's pretty chill. I mean, Texas isn't that open right now, but I'm just enjoying my last month in civilization there we go happy to hear it so alex is here as well alex how's life treating you down in florida uh it's uh, pretty good if you ignore the fifteen thousand new covid cases <laughs> uh no i mean it's, it's fun here i went to the beach today and just walked for a while so yeah it's, ignore uh, the cases i went to the beach guys <laughs> I <ignore>. <laughs> <laughs> I went and got a haircut afterwards, <laughs> and then went to a Denny's. And also to a gym and worked out. Are there Denny's in Florida? Yeah. There's also Waffle Houses okay. here, too. The heck is oh, a Waffle House? Oh, I love Waffle House. House. You've never had Waffle House? I have never. Really? Wow. Dude, Waffle House is like, if you want like midnight snack breakfast, Waffle House is the best place to go. Noted. I'll be there in a couple, 
in a couple of weeks. So for the rest of <laughs> a long time. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Waffle House is great. I love Waffle House. Anyway, so we'll definitely get into some coronavirus stuff. You know, at the end of the day, we are trying to provide a distraction from everything. But there has been a bunch of news related to that topic. Uh, but we're going to start off with the story that was put out by Gilbert Manzano about Hunter Henry. Uh, Hunter Henry himself has said that he does not expect a deal to be reached uh, long term for his extension. That's it. I'm not a fan anymore. (laughs) (laughs) How dare they not? Anyways, so a little throwback. The deadline is for. Yeah, total throwback. The deadline is the 15th for them to come to a long term deal. Uh, Hunter Henry does not expect that to happen. And he also said something that I really liked about him playing on. Um, on the franchise tag, which Gilbert Manzano touched on during the, the in the story, and he said to me, "I have so much to prove. Honestly, everybody knows my injury, my history of injuries, unfortunate injuries that have happened in my career, and I feel like that has held me back a little bit sometimes." Which I, I totally agree with. But Alex, what are your thoughts on Hunter Henry kind of acknowledging how much further he has to go as a player before he gets a long term deal, and him not expecting a long term deal to be reached? this season uh well first i think starting they almost reached a deal back before the coronavirus thing started uh there was a report that yeah hunter henry said at the time i don't remember if it was maybe before the draft or it was a little bit after maybe but yeah he said that they were close on the extension at the time but then the coronavirus stuff happened and you know that's thrown the whole league into chaos as far as extensions go um so as far as that, I'm not too surprised that a deal isn't happening. I honestly don't even think a deal is going to happen for Dak, so I don't think any of the other franchise tag guys are getting one. Um, yeah, so as far as that, uh, the injuries, I mean, yeah, it makes sense. I think if he really balls out and he has a great year on the franchise tag, um, yeah, he could certainly get a long-term deal next year. It's... It's just hard, I think, if you're the Chargers right now, going into next year when Joey Bosa, Keenan Allen, uh, you know, Melvin Ingram, Desmond King, all those guys are free agents, to, you know, treat Hunter Henry as the highest priority, just because in that situation, he isn't, right? So, um, yeah, I think that when you look at it that way, it's just like, yeah, I think his best option right now is balling out on the franchise tag and then seeing what you can do next year. It's it's just tough right now with all the uncertainty going on about the cap to, to, tr- to give Hunter Henry that 10, 13 million a year deal when, you know, you have, you know, no idea going forward what his health is going to be. And you have no idea uh, about the dollars right now that Joey Bosa and Keenan Allen are going to be demanding next year. So that's that's the tough thing with Hunter Henry, I think, right now. Yeah, yeah, it definitely puts them in a tough situation. And, you know, I think him playing on the franchise tag is smart. Jason and I discussed this with Tyler, you know, a while back that him playing on the franchise tag was ultimately the smartest move for the team because he needed to prove to everybody that he can stay healthy. And he, he said that to his credit, which I think his... His quote in the story was really telling that he understands that he has a high. Uh, he understands high level of... his value, Stephen. He are you saying he understands? Oh my god! He actually possesses the attribute of self-awareness. So, Jason, you've kind of dug into the next year's tight end class a little bit. 
Um, you know, obviously we've talked about Hunter Henry at length. If you're if you can put on your Tom Telesco hat for a second, what would Hunter Henry have to accomplish in 2020 for you to feel comfortable giving him, let's say, like a four-year, forty-five million dollar deal? And second question: How strongly are you considering drafting a tight end next year? Well, let's say drafting a tight end in like the first three or four rounds. So the tight end class next year is good. I'll start there. The tight end class next year is good. Um, I like the top a lot more than I like the depth, though. So if you're saying that in the first four rounds, I like the guys that are going to be talked about as first-round guys. The problem there, I don't really trust drafting tight ends in the first round because right. it so often goes downhill. Now, is there a chance that a Kyle Pitts or a Brevin Jordan falls to the second round? Yeah, maybe. Um, I mean, Hunter Henry fell to the second round, and we all thought he was going to be pretty good. So it's always that chance. Um, for the first question, do I? What does he have to do? I mean, just stay healthy, man, and get back to how he originally was as a run blocker. I don't know if injuries kind of derailed that. I thought he started off as a really good run blocker, and it just kind of fell off last season. I don't know why. It just kind of did. And it wasn't to, like, a huge extent. It was just noticeable. So I feel like to he not only has to stay healthy, he has to improve. Because these days, man, tight end is such an important position from yeah. a stance of, like, you need to get an athletic guy. It's a faster game. There, the days of getting, like, a, an Antonio Gates where, like, he was athletic for his for his time, right? He was a really athletic tight end for his time. But if, if Antonio Gates were to go into the NFL right now, he would be – average athletically maybe and so it's like those tight ends are kind of going away he, like mark andrews is one i could think of where he's not the most athletic guy but he gets it done it's just you know the eric ebrons the travis kelsey's and it, it's just it's leaning more in that direction george kittles another one i i can't go without talking about him but when you, when you think about those guys, Travis Kelsey and George Kittle, what does he have that even compares, right? He's not as physical. He's not as good of a blocker. Uh, I would say his receiving capabilities aren't, as, aren't, aren't at the same extent of those guys. Uh, I mean, I can't think of anything where it's like, he, athletically, he doesn't even compare to either of those guys. So for me, it's if he doesn't offer any of those and he doesn't offer consistency of saying on the field, you can't pay him like an elite tight end. You can't do it. So what does he have to do? Be a completely different player. I mean, I I wouldn't. I wouldn't is the thing. So let's say in all likelihood, Hunter Henry misses a couple games and let's say he has a very similar season to last year. You know, where he, he missed four games, he had... He had a good season. It's just he missed those four games. If he misses three, four, five games, Alex, what do you do with Hunter Henry? Are you giving him an extension? Are you giving him a, like a two-year deal maybe? How do you see that happening and working out if he does continue to struggle with injuries? Uh, to me, it's less about the games that he plays and more about... Right. Like, obviously, if he were to miss the whole year, like, with an ACL or something, like, that's a situation where it's like, you know, that would be uh, a devastating blow, you know, to his career. But if he were to miss two or three games, I don't think it's the end of the world. 
for me, it's about the quality of play. And uh, like Jason was saying, the blocking, he said this last episode too, uh, the blocking was bad last year uh, from Hunter Henry as a run blocker, uh, as a pass blocker. It, it just wasn't at the level it was before. And if you're going to pay a tight end big money, right, um, this was Gronk with the Patriots. This was, um, you know, we were talking about Kittle. We talk about, you know, Ertz, Kelsey, all those guys. Like, they they are all pretty uh, great blockers. And, you know, they stay on the field. Uh, apart from Gronk, you know, he's a, a bit different. <laughs> um, but, you know, recently, Gronk was uh, pretty decent at staying on the field as compared to earlier in his career. Um, to me, it's about the blocking uh, as well as, I would say, just being maybe a little bit more athletic on routes. So I think those two it's things... It's ceiling. If he misses... Right. Um, yeah, if he misses two or three games, I honestly don't think it's the end of the world. It's just, um, for me, yeah, if he were to get himself hurt again... I'm curious to see what he does the second year back from the ACL, because that's when we kind of see athletes really um, take that point. kind of recovery, right? So, you know, if his blocking is like, you know, because his blocking score on PFF was like a 56, which is re- <laughs> which really is bad. not good. Really bad. <laughs> um, but if he could hit like a 66, 70 as a blocker, you know, in that kind of score, that's pretty solid. Um, I don't know if I would give 10 mil a year to it, but it's, you know, it's it's a tough place because he's in that tier where it's like he's a top 6 to 10 tight end, but only like the top 3 to 5 get paid that big money, right? Like what you talk about with uh, Gronk and Ertz and Kelsey and all these guys. So I just have trouble, I just have trouble giving him that full 10 million year deal, especially when we don't know what's going to happen with as I said before, Bosa, Keenan, all those guys uh, who are also up. And as Jason said, also, um, the tight end class is deep. Uh, I even like someone like um, Matt Bushman. Uh, Ooh, I think he's I really an all right like tight him. end. Yeah, he, he's a he's a good sleeper, right? He he plays at, you know, kind of BYU. He could be in those, like, middle rounds. I think he's going to fly up boards, uh, though. Possibly, but we don't know if he's going to fly up boards because... We don't know if there's going to be a college football season. Fair truthfully. point. <laughs> Fair point. So yeah, it's it's um it's tough. So I would love a guy like him. Uh, there's yeah, as I, as I said, the 2021 class uh, is really deep. So yeah, if if you can get a guy like uh you know Brevin Jordan, Matt Bushman, any of those kind of guys, it's um it's interesting to see how they would fit with the Chargers and you get that cheap deal. Uh, in addition to being able to pay Bosa, Ingram, Keenan, right? So, I don't know. I feel like at this point, I'm I'm kind of writing this, and we'll be right now, but right now, I'm kind of leaning towards not signing Hunter Henry. Um, yeah. That, not resigning that, him. This definitely puts the Chargers in a tough situation, especially, you know, Desmond King is another one who they have to figure out what kind of value, what kind of role he has. Um, so it'll be really interesting to watch how that pans out. And talking about... Uh, tight end sleeper you know you brought up the, the BYU guy so I have to bring up my Utah guy of course you know with the rivalry that is oh Utah BYU God. uh roll your <laughs> eyes all you want man Brant Keithy out of Utah who is a legit tight end Brant Keithy and Brant Keithy man Brant he Keithy. is he is a legit tight end and he played running back in high school and played it really well down there in Texas and then transitioned to tight end at Utah and had a very 
explosive season this past year, and I think that uh, he'll have another one this year, if there is a this year. Side note about BYU, since they're independent, if the Mountain West Conference also goes to conference-only games, that means BYU would have one confirmed opponent for 2020. I'd imagine <laughs> they would kind of... They would work something yeah. out. You know, they could play Southern Utah or Dixie State and maybe Utah State. Or even maybe commit like instead of remaining independent. Who knows? Yeah. So they'll they'll have to get creative, I think. Which, you know, th- this whole situation with the Corona Rice and college football is really interesting. The NFL canceled the supplemental draft. The Patriot League has delayed all fall sports, and as has the Ivy League. All the major conferences are moving to conference-only football. And most recently, Junior College Association moved their football season to the spring. Um, I don't know if there's going to be a college football season. I think it'll start. I don't know if it'll finish. I don't know if it will be delayed until the spring. There's obviously a lot up in the air. Um Obviously, this is all speculation, but if college football is played in the spring and not in the fall, how do you guys think that impacts the NFL draft? I don't think it does. I mean, that. Well, yeah. I don't think it does because there's a big gap there. And I mean, like, so what if they're eight games into the season and they run the draft and seniors have to sit out or whatever? I mean, like, I don't know. But, um, I, I mean, I don't. This is tough for me because we legit don't know how it's going to look in two weeks right. or a month or like maybe, maybe they delay it till spring, but then bring it back up to, I don't know. It's hard to tell. I don't, we don't even know if it's going to get canceled. We don't know if it's going to even start. <laughs> it, right. It's just like, we've never been in this position. I don't know how it would affect the draft. I wouldn't be surprised if we saw some seniors sit out the year. And yeah. maybe I don't I don't know, man. Pull a Derek King and just not play. Alex, any thoughts? Yeah, uh, I would say Trevor Lawrence is definitely sitting. <laughs> <laughs> He's done. Um, yeah, I mean, th- th- yeah, it just doesn't. If it were to start in the spring, it just wouldn't make a ton of sense to play if you're one of those. Just have the draft right now. Round. Just get it over with. <laughs> yeah, may- maybe. Yeah, that, maybe that's how you do it. Uh, yeah, if you're just one of those first-round guys, it just wouldn't make a ton of sense to play, which was then, like, you know, that hurts probably a lot of the top heavy teams in the sport, right? Um, I don't know. Like, Actually, no. I wouldn't say it hurts, like, Clemson, but it might hurt some of those um, kind of, like, slightly second-tier teams. But I don't know. I I just don't know what how you would do college football. It's I, I honestly don't think it's happening in the fall at all at this point. Um, like it, it, and I didn't even get ca- canceling the out of conference games. Like, yeah, that <laughs> it just seems kind of, rid- yeah. Mm-hmm. Like the, the, you know, what's the difference between Alabama going to USC versus going to the other five States they travel to like, right. or like, you know, the big 10, for example, is 11 States. And it's like, you know, you're going to, uh, New Jersey, Ohio, uh, I don't know, Nebraska, Michigan, there's 11 states in the Big Ten. So, you know, what's the difference between Ohio State going to Oregon and not going to Oregon? They don't want to <laughs> catch that Cali Rona. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
I just don't understand what they're trying to do. And there was a thing where the University of Arizona president, I don't know if you guys saw this, but he was like, yeah, we don't think it's safe for guys to come on campus. And then one of the Arizona football players was like, but it's safe for us to be on campus? Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, so you talk about like that, and it's just like how, you know, how do you, it's kind of the, an ethical question, but it's also just like a logistics question of like, I don't know how you get this done and it seems like they're already you know cutting the things like we talked about with out of conference games um and some of the kind of lower tier stuff you know i just don't know how you get it done in the fall in the spring it's possible but yeah as i said in the draft i think a lot of seniors even maybe juniors who have their draft stock short up i think they would probably all sit out it just wouldn't be smart to play at that point unless maybe you push the draft back but that would be pretty unprecedented i don't know i don't yeah, think start... i don't think there should be a college season at all like i'm just gonna i'm gonna kind of like plant my flag there these guys don't get paid they don't yeah the nfl players they get paid so if they want to push a season yeah. i get it college players they don't get paid they get nothing except for a promise of the future that won't it's not even a promise it's like a maybe of the future that those chances will be severely lessened if they were to catch covid like don't put them right. in that position where it could ruin their future i don't like it i don't like it yeah yeah for for me the big thing is like as i was saying like you can't say that it's not safe for students to go up at the school like you know Rutgers and Harvard have already said hey we're not having any students on campus and then be like well it's okay for the college football players to play (laughs) because they make us money it's it's just like it's so it just doesn't make sense I just I don't see I definitely don't see it happening in the fall maybe in the spring if if things improve but yeah I I honestly if I had to predict right now I think there is uh, no college football played this season yeah, it's okay for it's not okay for college kids to go into a classroom for an hour, but it's okay for college football students to go tackle each other for four hours a day. Yeah. So I, I, that doesn't make any sense to me either. I, I think if you wait, and maybe you could start up the season in January, and then you play January to April, and then maybe you can have some semblance of an off season again. You know, obviously it's tough, but. Uh, so that was uh, our coronavirus talk for the day. Yeah, you know we're gonna b- get Listen. back into some Chargers news. Do you have something to say, Jason? If I can, if I can go through boot camp with a hundred other dudes, they could play football. <laughs> That's my <laughs> argument. <laughs> there Almost you go. There. Almost there. So we'll get back into some Chargers news. Uh, it did come out from Daniel Popper that Roderick Teamer is going to be suspended for the first four games. The end uh, of the world. Of it's tragedy. Nasir Adderley is the new starter now because our third string safety is not playing anymore. Yeah, it, it. I think people are making a bigger deal out of this than it seems to be, which we'll talk about for sure. But yeah, I think this is good news for Alohi Gilman more than anybody because this kind of gives him an easier path to playing time and more of a significant role in case any kind of injuries happen. Other than that, you know, Teamer wasn't really expected to play a whole lot. Uh, but Alex, what did you make of Roderick Teamer getting suspended and how this impacts the Chargers roster? I don't know if it impacts the Chargers roster much. I mean, I think Teamer's probably still going to make the roster. You think he is? Um, yeah. I don't think there's a I chance. Mean, 
I think he showed some really? flashes where I'd be later okay in the season with you're him right, as like. Did. Well, because because the way that I think about it is like, all right, if you're going to keep five like kind of safety players, right? You would keep James, uh, Rayshon Jenkins, Nasir Adder, uh, Nasir Adderley, Desmond King is in this like dimebacker role kind of, and then like I guess after that, who who else do they have other than Teamer at that point? And Gilman. Gilman. Oh, Gilman. Okay, so that's six. So do they I, keep I think five King's or six? A corner. Mm. Well, yeah. So even if King's staying a corner, that still leaves that spot open for uh, Teamer at that point. If, if you know, well, Phillips left. Assuming they so keep safety spot is five open. safeties. Yeah, that's yeah, that's what I mean. Zubnar so left. If, if Phillips so, was, uh, if Phillips, team slot is yeah. open. Right. If Phillips was still on the team, I think that that would be like okay, this might be a really bad thing for Teamer not making the team. But because Phillips left, um, I think that, it, you know, Teamer's basically, depending on how you look at it, your fourth or fifth safety. So I, I don't know if you would cut him at that point. So there we go. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Good talk. <laughs> so at this point, are you keeping a guy like Romeo Finley, the undrafted free agent? Oh, I forgot maybe... about him. Okay, he's a lot of fun. Okay, so that's <laughs> that was the question I was going to ask. Are you Does this kind of ensure that, uh, Roderick Teamer gets cut, and maybe they kind of invest their time into someone else. Well, there's no preseason. Or, yeah. yeah. Or there's a very small preseason. Yeah. It's going to so, be rough because, like, a, like, Romeo Finley can't really showcase what he can do. Gilman can't showcase what he can do. It's all going to be based on training camp, so it's going to be weird. Um, yeah. Roderick Teamer might keep a spot just because the team decides to go with that assurance of they know what they're going to get rather than an unknown. That's true. That's true. This will be an interesting thing. He can practice in the in the in training camp, and he can play in the preseason games. Uh, but once the quote unquote off season ends, he will be suspended for the first four games, which will give an opening to uh, some other players to potentially to. So I mean, a safety maybe get on the roster, a safety like Gilman or Finley will make the team up until the point that Teamer is activated. So yeah. it's like. At that point, it's going to be based on how that player performs on special teams. That is going to dictate whether or not he actually makes the team. So if Romeo Finley or Alohi Gilman knocks it out of the park on special teams, or both of them do, there's no chance. But if there's if there's some struggles there um, or they scapegoat him, I don't know, whatever happens, then, I mean, there's going to be space for him. Um, or if they're just non-existent, you can't really, like, tell if they're doing good or not. If they're just, like, they're there. Then I think they'll go. They'll opt for the the known player in Teamer, but we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, that would be something to keep an eye on. And, and Hard Knocks will be an interesting way to kind of see if they're, you know, if there's someone that has an edge. So uh, with our remaining time, we are going to do the Q and A, which we tweeted about. Um, we're going to kind of split this up because there were some actually really good questions that we could give more time to and potentially do a whole episode on. So we'll do a few. Um, the first one I want to talk about is actually kind of related to this topic. Um, this was DM'd to me from Ryan Griff- Griffiths. Excuse me. Um, he said, question for the pod. I love the thought of Kaiser White playing the Adrian Phillips role, seeing as he used to be a safety. Is there any reason or validity to you, to me thinking that they have they could potentially put Kaiser White into that role? Um, they don't play him a whole lot. You know, We've kind of discussed this. Wait, about say that him. one more time. Okay. 
So the question is, I love the thought of Kaiser White playing Adrian Phillips' old role, seeing as he used to be a safety. Is there any reason why you think they've never tried this, apart from them flat out forgetting Kaiser is really good? Uh, um, I don't think he has the athleticism to do that at the NFL level. Maybe he does, but they've added, they've asked him to build to build up so much muscle and so much weight already. I don't think it would be fair for them to ask him to drop down that much on a short yeah. off season. Um, so I don't think that would happen at all. I I thought the what they were doing was that they were gonna s- try to slide King into that Phillips role. That's just yeah, speculation that kind of, so far. There's no. Um, yeah, but I mean, like, okay, he, I don't think King's gonna play safety. But he's probably going to play kind of that like dimebacker, maybe like high player, where he's like the wild card on defense. It's been hinted about. by Bradley mm-hmm. that Nasir will play free safety when Jenkins slides up to that role. Oh, that's okay. that's kind of the message I've got from Gus Bradley so far this offseason. Mm. Um, and then King and Harris are going to between slot and outside. I don't know, man. We're going to have to wait and see on that one. We've we've thought about this way too much so far this offseason. That's just the reality of the 2020 offseason, man. It's been so dry and there's been so much to digress or not digress, <laughs> dissect. Man, it's been a long day for me. Anyways. It's also like uh, the, uh, the other thing I was just going to say about that is like it, it also depends on like which guys get hurt because like we know it's the Chargers, and we know we're going to have injuries at some Shut point. Uh, Get away from me. <laughs> so, um, I mean, so, like, right now, if you were to optimally say it, then I think you have, like, right, um, maybe Jenkins slides into that kind of, like, diebacker. King kind of is all over the field. He'll probably be, well, we have Harris at slot corner, and we'll see where that goes. But, I mean, it also depends on, yeah, it, which guys are healthy every week because they'll probably also shift things around based on that. But, yeah, to answer the question, I, uh, I don't think there's much of a Kaiser White um, playing. Uh, yeah, I don't think there's much of a chance that he plays that Phillips role. He's going to play that Sam uh, role. And that's that's what yeah. they've kind of they've, they've kind of penned him in there uh, because that's – it limits his snaps because they're they were scared of that knee. I don't know. They said they would have mm-hmm. they would reevaluate going into this season. We hear that all the time from every single team. So don't know what that <laughs> right. means. It's like reevaluate. Okay, that's cool. But so I don't see him moving from there, especially with Kenneth Murray and Drew Tranquil and Denzel Perryman. It's like Kenneth it's Ky- or dude Kaiser White. There's too many K's going on right here. Um, Kaiser White is going to be pending at that Sam roll, and they don't run a lot of that 4-3, that base 4-3. So expect to see him still pretty rarely um, in that situation, depending on the injuries to the linebacking core. Um, As Alex said, injuries are a very big, um, important thing in the NFL, and these are good problems to have is all the stuff that DB, all this depth at linebacker, it's a good problem to have right now. It's just a little frustrating as anal- like analyzing the team from the outside in. Like we have no idea what's happening, so we're like all pissed right. off about it. But <laughs> it's actually a good I thing. think it's um yeah, I think it's interesting to see maybe like you know, cuz roughly I think what you'll see in the snaps is right. Like Thomas Davis is obviously off the team now, so there's, you know, kind of 800 snaps basically up for grabs. 
Uh, so I think obviously you'll see Murray get a portion of those. You'll see um, Tranquil get a portion of those. And yeah, I think uh, you know White uh, Kaiser White hit, uh, get into you know his snaps probably go up a little bit too. Um, Denzel Perriman is interesting because I think he got what do you, I don't know remember exactly how many snaps he had last year because he had about the same as uh, Tranquil uh, and Kaiser. I want to say he had about the same number of snaps, so I could see because they're probably going to phase out Paraman. I could see Paraman snaps going down, um, and then you probably see those three: Kaiser, uh, Kenneth Murray, and uh, Drew Tranquil, uh, obviously go up, and then we'll kind of see how the rest of it plays out. But I think that's probably roughly what you'll see. That's such a yeah. freaking fun linebacking core. It really is a lot of fun. And I, getting back to Kaiser Wright for a second, I do think that if he were fully healthy last year, I think that would have been the opportunity for him to maybe try out and be the Adrian Phillips role. But unfortunately, he wasn't it. And thankfully, by the end of the season, he did look like his former self. And He looked especially amazing. In the Denver game in particular, he, he was fantastic and made a bunch of plays in pass coverage. It's just that... You know, the timing of his injury didn't line up, and, and so he wasn't fully healthy when the team potentially could have well they had him at starting mike and then realized pretty quickly like oh he's not fully healthy <laughs> yeah um, yeah and it wasn't like he was playing bad at mike it's just they needed to get him off the field he was taking too much of a workload on that knee that was obviously still bothering him right. so they did a good thing as an organization it's just frustrating to see down the line they didn't increase his snaps as he was getting healthier and maybe that was a good yeah. call because, I mean, the season was done for anyway, so maybe save him for next season. I don't know what the thought process is. It was just frustrating to see this excellent player not on the field when obviously he should be getting 40 snaps a game. Um, that was the frustrating part for me. Yeah, it was definitely frustrating because you watch certain games and it's like an obvious passing down situation and the two linebackers on the field are Thomas Davis and Denzel Perryman, and you're just like, what is going on here? Right. Um, or even Drew so that, Tranquil. Drew Tranquil struggled against the same thing on passing situations. Just too yeah. much hesitation. Yeah, and that's something that you know we have, have talked about before with Drew Tranquil being a little bit more decisive. And I think that'll come. You know, he'll right. he'll be more comfortable with the game. And, and he even talked about that with uh, Chris Harry on on uh, the Chargers podcast about him being more comfortable as the season went along. So uh, Ryan Watkins asked us our next next question. Uh, how do you see the linebacker corpse first and second string turning out, which you guys have kind of hinted at at this point? Um, I think it's safe to say that we all expect Kenneth Murray to be heavily involved, but who do you see starting alongside him? And who do you see being the backups behind uh, those starting three? So I guess I'll go from left to right here being Will, Mike, and Sam. Will, um, they've said it was going to be Kenneth Murray, so I'll, I'll go with that for now. Um and that backup is probably going to be um, the guy that just signed, Nick Vigil. And then you've got Mike. That's going to be Drew Tranquil and then Denzel Perryman. And then Sam, which is Kaiser White. And then Yuchen and Wosu can also play it. So it just – Sam is very versatile position. So it, it just depends on who's available there. Uh, but it's going to be Kaiser White, a mix of Yushan and Wosu in there. Um, and that's kind of how I see it shaking out there. Yeah, I, I pretty much agree with that. Um, 
yeah, for me, I, I pretty much agree with the same lineup. It's just a matter of, like, how many snaps per game each guy is going to get. Yeah. And I think that that's hard to tell, right? Because, obviously, we we have no idea until really maybe training camp starts and, like, we start to get a decent idea of that. But, yeah, I, I pretty much agree with what uh, Jason said in terms of what the order would be. Um, I'd say the spot I'm concerned about is, like... I don't know how I feel about Nick Vigil. I mean, I know they got him, and he's just pretty much a depth piece at that point, because um, you know they, you know, they really have Kenneth Murray there. But if Kenneth Murray were to go down, and you have like Nick Vigil playing, uh, I don't know. I like I him. I wasn't impressed with. I I like him. I, you know, it's not totally fair to him because he was in Cincinnati, and Cincinnati is just awful. Um, but yeah, I just don't. Um, I don't totally love, uh, you know, a lot of the tackling and some of the stuff you see from him. But uh, yeah, no, I pretty much agree. I think you'll, I think you'll probably. This might be a bold prediction. I don't know if it's a bold prediction or not. I think you'll see Tranquil probably get the most snaps uh, by far. I don't know. I, I think he, he's probably. I don't know if we'll get as many as Thomas Davis last year. I don't believe that, but I think he could get 600, 700. I can totally see that, and I I agree with you guys. I think the main three that are going to be playing the most, I feel like, are Kenneth Murray, uh, Drew Tranquil, and Echenna and Wilson. I think those three are going to be on the field the most. It'll be really interesting to see how the team goes about the Denzel Perriman situation. Like you said, Alex, that they could potentially be phasing him out. But, you know, Anthony Lynn loves Denzel Perriman, and what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> Just having um, a little fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Distracting me, man. Um, anyway, so Anthony Lynn loves Denzel Perryman still. You know, he's talked about him, and he played him a lot. As soon as he finally figured out that he was healthy, Denzel Perryman was still playing a lot. So um, Daniel Popper seems to believe that Kenneth Murray is going to be playing Will, and then Drew Tranquil and Denzel Perryman are going to be rotating at Mike, um, which I think Denzel Perryman still has some value, which we've talked about on this before. You know, he's, he's a hammerhead, man, and he has some definite value in the run game. Obviously not in the passing game a whole lot, but um, it'll be really interesting to see how they use those two players specifically. I think Kenneth Murray's role is probably pretty safe. Um, as for Nick Vigil, I like what I saw on film as a death piece, and in a pinch, I'd be okay with him starting at will. I think he, right. I think he has a good amount of experience, and I think that he brings... You know, the Chargers have never had a backup like him. You know, they've never had really, like, a guy that could be confidently started in a pinch where, you know, he comes in and you're like, okay, I'm, I'm cool with this for a game or two. Um, so that'll be fun to watch as well. Right. So uh, this was a fun one from Jason Reed, who's our editor from Bolt Beat. Uh, this was directed specifically towards Alex, who has kind of Planted his flag and stood on the table for certain guys this offseason. Um, one of them was Isaiah Simmons, which uh, if you, you got read a problem with us, draft, Jason Reed, Alex was always writing about him. <laughs> <laughs> and then another one, of course, is Tyrod Taylor. And then being from Philadelphia, Carson Wentz as well. So Jason Reed's question to Alex and then Jason can chime in after that is start one, bench one, cut one between Carson Wentz. Tyrod Taylor and Isaiah Simmons. 
bitch. This is really like uh no, kidding. Jason Reed, if you're listening to this, I don't mean it. I actually like you, my guy. <laughs> Just <laughs> This is a real Sophie's choice. Um uh, I don't know. I feel like I feel like I have to probably start Isaiah Simmons, right? He he is that piece, you know, you he, he could probably play quarterback. I mean, he, he's got that versatility. Um so yeah, you probably gotta start Isaiah Simmons. But do I who do I bench and cut? between Tyrod Taylor and Carson Wentz. I feel like I know where Jason's going to go on this. But I'll bench Carson Wentz. No, yeah, I'll bench Carson Wentz, and then it hurts me to do it, but I'll I'll cut Tyrod Taylor. This is easy. You bench Carson Wentz. He's going to get hurt in practice, and then you just go sign Tyrod again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you could, you could do that. So, um, oh, okay, uh, I, I start Tyrod. I bench Isaiah Simmons and I cut Jason Reed. Wow. You cut oh. Jason Reed. <laughs> <laughs> you are no longer on this team, Mr. Reed. Oh, I am sorry to inform you that your contract has been voided and you're gone. Uh there will be there will be a, a bicycle outside for you to go home. <laughs> so Alex and I both really love Carson Wentz. I'm a big believer in him. Jason I've never like really talked to you about the whole Carson Wentz situation. I like specifically, him. I like him. He's a really good. He's a he's a top ten guy. Top ten if, guy. If, if okay. Dak's getting paid, Carson Wentz better get paid more. If Dak is getting paid more than Carson Wentz, there's something wrong. There's something going on here. He's about to get paid more than Carson. Wentz. Horrible. Yeah. Unbelievable. Because Carson's deal that he signed last year was for like twenty eight million a year or something average. Right? Thirty two. Thirty two. Okay, that was close. So when Dak signs for 45, you know, that's going to be much larger. Isn't it crazy that Dak is going to sign pretty close to what Patrick Mahomes' yearly average was? No, he won't. No, he <laughs> won't. I don't see him getting that Mahomes. I think he'll get like 40. Jerry oh, Jones is, still... is drunk if that's happening. Oh, I, he's a drunk. I think it's – I well, I think 40 is absurd, but – if you're going to go, he plays for the Cowboys, so he gets that media attention. I got $3, and... Patrick Starr said. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm I'm not a big fan of Dak, but they've kind of, I we've I think I've heard it on this podcast, but you basically, uh, Jason has kind of said, they put themselves in a position where they probably have to pay him yep. because and of the Zeke thing. Because of the Amari Cooper thing. Uh, it makes my heart sing because uh, it, the Cowboys are going to suck. Um, yeah. <laughs> I don't like the Cowboys. Uh, yeah. But um, I don't know. I I think Dak's going to get that 40 mil and, I don't know, probably get like a five or six year deal. Can we stop talking so, about Dak d- Prescott? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's 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 America's team. You it's mandated it's not. every media member it's talk about not it. not America's team. Um <laughs> I just want to remind everybody of the Thanksgiving where Keenan Allen absolutely oh, murdered so the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> so okay. fun. I got oh, to brag at the Thanksgiving table about that. That was nice. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I am obviously not on the Dak train. I, I love Carson. How do we get on Dak Prescott? How do we get on this topic? Because <laughs> to Carson Wentz. Okay. It just naturally happened, man. Thanks, Jason Reed, for your question, sir. <laughs> Wasn't the Dallas game the game that uh, Drew Kayser missed the kicking net? 
Oh, yes, it, it was. Really? Yes, yeah, yes, that was it the was. Where, where Nick <laughs> Novak got oh, Nick Nick Novak got hurt, right? And then yeah. Drew Kayser had to come in and miss the net. Uh, Drew Kayser also missed the cut. Mm. Oh, <laughs> savage. Jukazer, if you're listening to this, come on the pod. <laughs> <laughs> I won't be here anymore, Somebody. thank God. <laughs> oh, man. Drew Kazer, throwback. So the last question, which we'll, we'll address here, and then we'll do some of the other ones uh, throughout the rest of the, the month of July. Um, it's asking about the hard knock situation and kind of just the overall media attention that has been directed towards the Chargers, which is funny because... The Barstool Sports released today their map of the most popular team, professional team in each state, and it was the Chargers for California, which I thought was hilarious. That's funny. Um, but Alfred Macaspac, I'm sorry if I said that wrong, specifically says, which Chargers player do you think will get hated on the most from casual NFL fans from Hard Knocks, and which one will get the most love? So kind of both ends of the spectrum. In terms of attention, who gets the most in a positive direction and who gets the most in a negative uh, fashion? I think most hate is probably, and I don't mean it in the sense that they're going to hate this player like as like a person. I think Herbert, because I think you're going to see on Hard Knocks a few wild footballs get thrown, where it's just you'll start to see bust everywhere. And every time the subject of Justin Herbert comes up, you're going to see the a, a gif of him throwing a freaking 100-yard ball on an out route that goes five yards. It's like you're, you'll see something like that with Herbert. Other than that, maybe somebody that's really, like, overconfident um, and talks crap even though they ain't about that. Um, I'm not naming anybody, but <laughs> I'm not I'm not going there, but... Just somebody like that where, you know, everybody gets that, that hard knock star that, that talks too much crap when they it's very obvious that that player is not as good as the crap they're talking, um, that sense of it. But I, I definitely think the easy answer for me is Justin Herbert because he'll throw a couple wild balls and he'll get that bust label on him. As for who I think is the most loved, I don't know. Maybe Keenan Allen will hit the piano. We'll see. Maybe everybody's yeah, going to really it. dig the R&B vibes from Keenan Allen. I like it. I like it, Alex. Who do you think gets the most love, and who do you think gets the most hate on Hard Knocks? Most love, I feel like it'll be like Derwin. I feel like Derwin's very yeah. likable. Um, Kenneth Murray seems pretty likable as well. Ooh, that's a good one. Him. Kenneth Murray or Terod Taylor I, as well. Yeah, I can see him, that him being kind of fun. Um... Most hated? Man, if Melvin Gordon was on the team. Uh, yes! <laughs> this would be a really easy question. I see what Jason's saying with Herbert. I could definitely see him becoming, like, people just, you know, putting the bus label on him. Um, I don't know. There's not really a Charger that I think is super dislikable. Um, I'm trying to... I'm trying to think throughout the roster. Uh, um, there's, a, there's a couple guys on Twitter that don't like Drew Tranquil. Just uh, say well, that. They're wrong. They're wrong. Yeah. Um, it's because uh, of the political views. Oh. Well, okay, I kind of agree with them on that. <laughs> but <laughs> but um, I don't know. I don't think there's a Charger that's very dislikable. Yeah, they all got a good mindset, man. Yeah. They do. Uh, 
I don't know, maybe it could be someone like, I don't know, I'm trying to, I'm trying to mentally, you guys keep talking, I'll mentally go through the defense <laughs> and think about it, but yeah. I don't know. Gotcha. I think most loved, I think probably going to be Derwin or Keenan Allen. I think those two are going to, are kind of like the faces of the team. And I think they're both, you know, very likable players. I think Austin Eckler is another one as well. Um, I could definitely see HBO really focusing in on the Kenneth Murray and his sibling story and kind of retelling that thing. But then again, it is kind of, you know, that story was kind of done a lot in college. So that'll be interesting to watch. Um, I think that Tyrod Taylor could actually catch a lot of heat and hatred as well from just like casual fans who think that Tyrod Taylor is not that good. And so I, I could kind of see that similar playing to the Justin Herbert and maybe both quarterbacks just kind of get made fun of a lot. And um, I think that could be a situation that uh, unfortunately would pan out, but yeah, I'm excited for hard knocks. I think it's going to be really good publicity for the team if it happens, of course. Um, But I think like Alex said, I I don't know if there is it like a universally hated charger. I think if Phil Rivers were on the team, I think people would hate that because Phil Rivers was, you know, the king of trash talk, and so I think that would be for Travis like Benjamin if he was still here. <laughs> oh yeah. man, I could see, I could see, I don't know if I want to say this, but I could see like Michael Davis being a guy, not like the national media rags on, but I could see Chargers fans ragging on him because uh, I see that a bit on Twitter. Um, so I don't know. I could see him. Not that he's a you're right. I I like Michael Davis as a person, but I could see like he gets burned by a wide receiver, and then people start like, you know, yeah, uh, duking yeah. him on Twitter. I can't see people but, hating any player on the Chargers in terms of like, oh, that's that person is just cocky or yeah, uh, anything like that. Uh, but I can see Chargers fans in particular getting mad at Michael Davis, Rayshon Jenkins, Denzel Perryman. Um, Andre Patton or whoever, like people that struggle, um, the entire offensive line. Trey Pipkins could get a lot of heat. Um, yeah, that's true. Sam Tevy, just like performance-wise, I could see it. Yeah. Yeah, I think more of like the negativity is, and like I don't like this player would be more directed towards Rams players because they have a lot more volatile or – you know, high-end personalities as well. So I think that the whole dynamic between how they're going to split it between Rams and Chargers is going to be really interesting um, because obviously they've never had it, and the Rams were just on it two years ago. So I feel like, to me, I I hate that they're sharing this, but I understand why they're doing it as kind of like the the new era of L.A. football. So that will be interesting to watch. Um, So like I said, we'll answer the other questions that we received on some future episodes you know, there was even a good question about kind of ranking the Chargers greats at each position, which we'll, we'll go through. Um, but Alex and Jason, any other thoughts before we wrap up today? No, I think that is about it. Just remember to keep interacting with us on social media, guys. It's getting a little boring out here, you know, and we still have a decent amount of listeners that listen to the podcast. But the interaction has gone down as the season has gone further, further away. And um Usually by now there's a little more life into it with uh, training camp and OTAs and such like that, which there hasn't been. So maybe we'll see it pick back up. But uh, I've seen I've seen just a lot of Chargers fans that was like, I can't wait for the season. Uh, it's taking so long. It's Chargers Twitter and social media in general is only as interactive as the fans make it. And so 
just keep interacting guys and build that fan base up and that's the only way the fan base is going to grow heading into a new city in a new era with a new starting quarterback is to interact with people and hold yourself to a higher standard than other teams would hold themselves to and that's how you become a respectable and growing fan base that welcomes other people into it so just keep interacting and just keep rooting for the chargers man well said man well said alex any other thoughts before we wrap up today um i jason reed uh don't make me ever answer that question again <laughs> uh, i choosing between my three children um okay other than that uh, no more jason reed on this podcast you're uninvited forever uh deck prescott if you do get that contract extension uh, please go to patreon.com slash guilty as charged. Uh, you can toss us a couple hundred uh, Jerry Bucks over there so we can get that uh, going. It. So, yeah, you can head over there. Alex uh, knows I'm not splitting on... the Patreon money anymore, and so now he's going for it. <laughs> <laughs> he's not going to my equipment anymore. He's like, it's mine. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, yeah, you can uh, find me on Twitter at AlexKnightsDorf. A-L-E-X-L-A-N-C-E-D-O-R-F. And, uh, yeah, so you can find me there. Keep reading Bolt Beat. Uh, I'll be putting up some new articles this week. And, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's about it for me. Awesome, man. Awesome. I love the selfish plugs that you always throw into our Patreon account. Uh, <laughs> make sure to follow Jason at Centauri13. You can follow me at Stephen I. Haglin and at GC Podcast 17 Please hit that subscribe button and make sure you're downloading the, the podcast as always. And we thank you for tuning in. We thank you for all the support. We know times are tough. And so, you know, giving us your time. And obviously, if you're supporting us on Patreon, we really appreciate that as well. So that'll do it for this episode. We'll see you next time. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.